In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those who are most needed thy mercy. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good afternoon. It's indeed a great honor and a joy to be with you again. I've been here on July 13th for three years in a row. And so it's been a great privilege to be here for the 103rd anniversary of Our Lady's apparition to the shepherd children in Fatima. I usually come at the same time Bishop Perry comes because I come from uh, the same diocese Bishop Perry's from. And so it's a great uh, honor to be here. I've worked with Dave and Dorothy uh, Carollo over the years, and they've known me since I was very young. As I've told the joke before, when my mother met them at my ordination, uh, Dave or Dorothy told my mother, we got to see your son grow up. And my mother said, well, at least somebody did. But So I've known them for a long time, and I've been very blessed to work with the World Apostolate of Fatima uh, over the years. We've had various processions in Chicago, one involving the International Pilgrim Virgin that brought thousands of people into Chicago's um, Chicago inner city, and another procession that brought the statue of Our Lady the Broken into the city as well. So it's been a great honor for me. This weekend is a grace, and it's a grace to see people here again. It's grace to see people at church. It's great to see people together praying the rosary, not being ruled by fear. Because in our life, we have two decisions. We either make decisions out of fear and out of love. And yes, of course, we should be cautious and prudent, but our Lord does remind us that we should not be afraid of those who harm the body, of those who hurt the soul, and how good it is for us to be together and to pray, to be here under Mary's mantle on this July 13th, this anniversary. And surely for those of you who came, even if you had doubts, or maybe you had struggles when you woke up this morning, you didn't know if you could make it, you wondered about the weather, but you plowed through and you are here. And I assure you that Our Lady has some special graces for all of you, and maybe for those loved ones you are carrying in your heart, those whose conversion you are seeking. The July 13th apparition, as I've spoken about on many occasions, of course, was really the most pivotal. And it sort of it so shows us really what the message of Fatima is about. Because how did the children learn what Fatima was about? By learning about what it's preventing us from. These three children, these days we are so careful to protect children from violence, we're so careful to protect children from things on television, but yet Our Lady showed the children something which would change them forever. They're young, innocent hearts. And suddenly we know Our Lady opens up her hands and shows them this vision of the place where poor sinners go. And as the children would later exclaim, it was like seeing embers glowing in the fire, and there were creatures coming in and out. This was the vision of hell. But not hell in terms of like we see in the cartoons, 
but a hell where people know in their despair their separation from God. My dear friends, over the last few months, during this global pandemic, during the unrest that has rocked our nation, we have tasted what that separation is like. We've been separated from one another. We've been separated from the sacraments. We've been separated in some ways through our fear from our faith in God. This is why Our Lady came and she shows the children this vision of that ultimate despair. I don't know the discouragement that many of you have felt over the past few months, the discouragement during lockdown or the fear of not knowing what will happen, but yet here you are under Mary's mantle and in her protection. As Our Lady of Guadalupe said, are you not here in the crossing of my arms? Am I not your mother? Today Our Lady reminds you of that and reminds you to choose love over fear, love over fear. This vision that would shake the children so much would cause them to take on extraordinary penances and to do reparation. Reparation, that is really the key of this month's apparition. Our Lady wanted to ask the children if they'd be willing to make sacrifices. And their young hearts so full of love, little Jacinta, giving her full yes. Yes, I will make sacrifices because I want to save sinners from falling into hell. I want to save sinners from despair, isolation, discouragement, from separation, final separation from God. And so after this, the children began extraordinary penances. Jacinta wearing that tight rope around her waist. We have the other children doing sacrifices, kneeling on rocks, praying the rosary, many things that they would do, not out of suffering, but out of love. Out of love for God and out of love for the people of God. My dear friends, this weekend here at the shrine, we've had now for four years, this weekend of Eucharistic reparation. Eucharistic reparation, what does that mean? It means that we are making reparation to God for the offenses committed against the Lord Jesus in the Holy Eucharist. And so over the past three days, there have been countless hours of adoration where some of you spent long hours, three in the morning, adoring our Lord and making that reparation. My God, I believe, I love, I adore. I beg pardon for those who did not adore, do not believe, do not hope. That is the Fatima message that we can make those sacrifices. It's to be consumed in love. My dear friends, I spoke in a daily mass this past week, but I want to speak it again about the fourth Fatima seer because it brings to mind the Eucharist. Now you're saying fourth Fatima seer. Who is the fourth Fatima seer? And maybe this is a stretch because there's only three children. Throughout the shrine, there are these beautiful panels of the International Exhibit on Eucharistic Miracles. And Dave Carollo is placing more up as we go throughout. And you, you can read about many Eucharistic miracles. But one of these miracles that is on this panel downstairs in the Blessed Sacrament is the story of a young woman who lived at the same time as Francisco, Jacinta, and Lucia. And her name was Alexandra Maria de Costa, Blessed Alexandrina. Have you heard of Blessed Alexandrina? She lived about 20 miles, maybe less, I'm not sure, David, how far away? 40, 50 miles from Fatima. 
And at the same time, as these apparitions were occurring, and Our Lady is leading these children to reparation, this young girl, born in 1907, at the age of 13, she was attacked by somebody who broke into her house and tried to take her purity. Alexandrina, like Maria Goretti, knew that the greatest evil is the evil of sin. So she jumped out her window to escape the attacker. She fell from the window to the ground and for the rest of her life became paralyzed and bedridden. Now we know suffering can make us bitter or it can make us better. Because of Alexandrina's devotion to the, the Lord in the Holy Eucharist, who Francisco called the hidden Jesus, she chose the suffering to make her better. And so Alexandrina offered herself on her bed and said, Lord, in the tabernacle, you are a prisoner of love for me. I will be here a prisoner of love for you. This is extraordinary. God doesn't call every one of us to such extraordinary heights and to extraordinary sacrifices, but he brought Alexandrina into a wonderful union with him. Now here's the amazing and miraculous part, as if that isn't miraculous enough, is Alexandrina, as she grew in her love for Jesus, Jesus would tell her things, and as she received the Holy Eucharist, she began to understand that it was the only thing worth living for in this world. Alexandrina began little by little to forgo food. She wouldn't eat bread. She wouldn't eat the food of her country. Instead, she would live only on the Holy Eucharist. Now, her spiritual director and the doctors were skeptical. They said, this must be either some trick of the devil or she's, being, uh, she's tricking us because she would go so many years without eating, just living on this little host. She was brought to Oporto, and there in the hospital by the country's top doctors was supervised as she underwent a fast for 40 days. And during that time, they measured her every action. She never left the bed. She never took any food. And they noticed that she gained, that she gained weight. Unsustaining herself on the Eucharist, her blood sugar level, everything was normal. In fact, she became to radiate and glow under this time of supervision. Later, when Alexandrina died, shortly after the Fatima apparition, she died in 1923. When she died, Jesus told her, I have made you and put this miracle in your life so that you can witness to the power of the Eucharist in souls. My dear friends, for the first time in our lives, so many of you went without the Holy Eucharist. I know the stories of so many of our parishioners in Chicago who were denied Holy Communion and went through a difficulty, and yet they could walk into a grocery store and buy bread and food, but they were denied the bread of life. My dear friends, there is no greater gift that God has given us than the Holy Eucharist, and it is our lifeblood. I encourage you, yesterday, Bishop Joseph Perry, who offered the Sunday Mass, gave a beautiful explanation and catechesis on the Holy Eucharist. You can find that on the Blue Army Shrine uh, website. You can go back and listen to his sermon, but a beautiful catechesis. 
So this Holy Eucharist on one side and the vision of hell on the other. One is communion, one is isolation. One is to be with God, one is to be without God. And when Our Lady decided, made the choice to show the children that vision of hell, something that would change them forever, it was because they knew that they would fight for communion. They would fight to bring souls to God. The message of Fatima is no more than the message of the gospel. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that all who might believe in him might have eternal life. As God loved us so much that not only did he send his son, but his son left us an abiding presence on the earth to bring us to heaven. The Fatima message is about getting us to heaven. My dear friends, it doesn't make any difference if we come here and recite our rosaries and do our devotions and do all these things if it doesn't get us to heaven. And the one surefire way of leading us on the way to heaven is the Holy Eucharist. We know the dream of St. John Bosco where he was given an image of the ship that was tossed and turned in an ocean and the ship needed to come into safe harbor. And in the dream that John, the Bosco, John Bosco had, he saw these two pillars. On the one pillar was the Eucharist, on the other pillar was Mary. Be completely fastened between these two pillars. Just to show you how God works, even in the most extraordinary circumstances, I was hearing confessions a few months ago, and in my confessional in Chicago, somebody came to confession and I reminded them, I said, you know, the Eucharist and Mary are the two IVs that we need. The two IVs that we put into our, to fight any infection we, we have. I didn't know why I said the word IV. I didn't know why I used medical terms. And he said, Father, I, I'm a doctor. <laughs> Mary is speaking to him. Mary is speaking about what is necessary. You see, our goal is to get to heaven. Why did God make us? To know him, to love him, to serve him, and to be with him forever. That's the part that Fatima is about. And so because Jesus loves us, he gives us the means of salvation. He sends his mother. He gives us the, these, these means. When Mary says, my immaculate heart will be your refuge and the way to God. My immaculate heart will be your refuge and the way that will lead you to heaven. Why? Because Mary is the Lord's perfect disciple. She said yes. She didn't just give her yes at the Annunciation, but she gave her yes when it cost her something. He gave her yes at the cross. That's our life. To follow in the footsteps of Our Lady, to follow in the footsteps of little Jacinta, Francisco Lucia, to say yes again and again. So the question that Mary asks you is first, can you choose communion over isolation? Can you choose love over fear? But can you choose to make reparation? Can you offer your little sacrifices? All of you have sufferings every day. I know you do. You have sufferings in your heart, and they, they cost you something. But you can make a choice 
to use those sufferings to make you better, make others better, not choose bitterness. If we follow the Immaculate Heart of Mary, she will be our refuge, which will lead us to God. It was precisely on this day, 103 years ago, that Our Lady gave those three children that prayer that we pray at the end of every decade, the Oh My Jesus prayer. Lead all souls to heaven. Save them from the fire of hell. We're asking our Lord to lead all souls to heaven. So to live in love, even in this extraordinary time in our life, and to realize that through the power of the Eucharist, through the power of Our Lady, through her intercession, we will survive anything. When we are grounded in the anchor of the Eucharist and of Mary, we don't have to give in to fear. We don't have to give in to isolation. Yes, it's true there are medical precautions and there are difficulties, but at the same time, is our heart longing for communion? Are we choosing love? Those three children showing us the way, being able to absorb that image of what true isolation looks like. I think we've got a taste of that. I think we've got a taste of what hell could look like. It's time for us to use that and to use all we can, the means, making many worthy communions, offering them, offering them to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, offering them to the offenses committed against the Holy Eucharist. It was on this July 13th that Our Lady also told the children, I want you to come back every 13th of the month. She wanted them to come back. She gave them instructions and she promised that when you come in October, I will perform a miracle. That's my invitation for, for you. I realize we may be in a global pandemic, but my invitation for you is what Our Lady is speaking. I want you to come back every 13th of the month, no matter what happens in our country. I want you to come back after the election. I want you to come back after whatever strife hits our nation. I want you to make a pledge, not, not only come back, but each of you can bring family members here, bring them here under Our Lady's mantle. There's plenty of room. We could fit thousands out there in the grass. Let's come back. Let's be faithful to the most perfect disciple of Our, of our Lady. Let's choose to live in love, to overcome fear, to choose communion over isolation. May God bless you.